Hey everyone, this is the one year anniversary. So, um, I had a big panic attack. I ended up in ER. This was a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I still don't know. Um, I mean, I feel fine. I felt fine. Just started running out of breath, hyperventilating. And, um, I didn't have to do with a lot of things that were going on in the world, in my personal life, in general with work and personal issues and, I guess something broke inside and um, I had the panic attack, I guess. Uh, but I'm fine. I was fine a few days after that. Uh, but it just got me thinking how how fragile we are, I guess. Um, even though we meditate or work out or eat right, whatever. Uh, we're, we're still breakable. Um, and... Um, um, I like knowing that. I like, you know, uh, being aware of that. And not in the sense of wanting to protect myself for not happening next time. It's just being at peace with it, you know. Um, even if it happens again, um, I'll be here knowing that it's happening. And um, But yeah, it was it was incredible. I mean, I've never had a panic attack like that. Uh, maybe about 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, I had um, I had some things going on in my personal life. And uh, um, at that time, I knew exactly what was going on. And I just had this, I would have this, you know, mild anxieties and etc. But this was a full-blown, not being able to breathe and thinking I will die. And uh, yeah, so um, I had some, you know, I had I went to the ER and um yeah had some things they gave me some i don't know what they gave me um equivalent of vicodin etc and uh they were telling me oh you should come back the next day and the next day like a three four day therapy and once i was out of there i said oh i'm fine um and the funny thing about having a panic attack or having mental health issues is that people around you and you can't blame them uh, people around you they don't really know what to say so usually the first thing they say is, oh, don't worry, it's all in your head. I know it's in my head. <laughs> it's not like something I can switch off. It's like, you know, I know I'm having a panic attack, and I'm like, oh, this is a panic attack. Let me just switch it off. It's not that easy, and you can't blame people, you know. Um, but it's funny how if you break a leg, someone looks after you, and if you have like a mental issue, mental health issue, it's it's treated differently. Like you know, it's your fault. It's your fault. You you're having a panic attack. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a funny funny episode. Uh, but I'm fine now. I've been at home since uh, March 16th. I think we're in lockdown here in Pristina. I've been actually working from home since March second or so, like the end of February. So I've been I've been pretty quarantined, and I don't really have to go that much in my co-working space. I work fine at home, but now it's a little bit added stress. Even though now we're sort of back to normal, uh, it was quite a shock having uh, both kids at home every day of the week for like a long period of time, and not having to go to the beach. You know, comparing it to when we go on vacation, we're together. 
but we sort of have these activities that we do during the day. Like we go to the beach, we eat something, come back, rest, go to the pool, come back, do it over again for a couple of days and sort of like a rest, even though you never rest with kids. But it's a little different because you have kids at home and my my son has homework, um, like he's still going at school, so they send him, I'm pretty much substituting like four teachers at his school. And uh, they have the nerve to send me the, like the full bill for the remainder of, of the school. So yeah, that's kind of shitty. But um, yeah, so that was that was tough. Uh, there was two bits of it that were tough. First of all, it was it was tough between my work on Clary Task and then sitting down with my son to sort of guide him what he has to do. There's four different subjects, and then having him, you know, wanting to do it because he doesn't really want to do it. Like he's he sort of wants to play. He's out of school, so we've had all these like crazy scheduling issues but now we're like sort of getting used to it it's week three i think four that's week four five i don't even remember anymore um and yeah so um it's it's really hard to to do anything i'm working like three or four hours a day uh but uh, one thing i wanted to mention is that even you know like the day i had the panic attack or the day after I still sort of love working on Clay Task. It's not like I will shut down everything in my life <laughs> if I'm depressed. But sort of Clay Task coding is like sort of my hideaway, my, you know, something that I do that I get away from the world. And it's only me and this, you know, making those little tweaks and buttons that when you click something happens. Um, uh, and that's that's you know that's a good thing because even though I was sort of not hundred percent emotionally, uh, we're still able to deliver because I'm working on this major feature. I'm working on a Scrum uh, project type where people now they can have when they start a project they can have a list project where you have tasks and and lists going down vertically, and you have Kanban like Trello, and then you're gonna have Scrum where you have sprints and statuses and you know estimates. And, project keys and whatnot. Um, so that's coming from three clients that are requesting these these features and it's been a lot of feedback. I've been learning a lot on what Scrum is actually and how it works. So that's been really cool. So um, yeah, that feature will be launching this coming week. I have a few tweaks to do, but it's been a really huge, huge feature that required to do a lot of other changes in, um, in Claritask. So I'm happy about that. Um, and uh, one thing that is actually making me happy is um, that it opens up a new uh, target group, new um, client base. I hate saying target group. It's like I'm targeting someone, you know, attacking. Um, it opens up discussions with a new group of clients that, you know, have development teams. And um, that could be some potential uh, growth there. I don't know. We'll see because some things that I've, that I've done on the Scrum feature on Claritas were actually better than Jira. Um, and the specific, specifically speaking, it has to do with the way stories are treated. And I even looked at Clubhouse and how they do it. And I tried to uh, uh, make it a little bit more, not a little bit more, but a lot more uh, comprehensive, um, a lot more um, uh, easier, I guess, to know when you have certain tasks that belong to a story and how they go from status to status and they still belong to the same story. So that's that sort of thing is, is solved, I think, better. 
than uh, both Jira and Clubhouse. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, from the three clients that are um, that I, I had feedback from, and that will be the core users of this feature, um, they're liking it the way it's working. And uh, once I launch, I'll know more, and then I'm gonna try to email a few people and uh, a few unknown people from LinkedIn and just ask them how they you know they like it and if they work with Jira or Clubhouse how will you know how the new f- this feature feels on Claritask so yeah but yeah that's pretty exciting um and yeah so today is the one year anniversary of uh uh when I started doing this podcast bootstrapping SaaS and I haven't done an episode since March 8th I believe so it's been more than a month uh, I've never been this uh, long gone before. Like I would take a break for like a week or two. I think I took a one month break, like November or something. But this was the longest, and I wasn't just feeling. I, I mean, I had a lot to say. It just was very hard to to find the space first um, in time with my kids and family, my wife being here, my daughter, um, and just finding the time and the peace of mind to really talk. So today. I sort of find myself um, uh, the only one awake still. And it's not that late. It's like 11, 11.28 right now, p.m., a local time. And uh, I was looking at the last episode. Uh, I had the first episode I ever recorded on Bootstrapping SaaS, and I noticed it April 8, 19. I was like, holy shit. I'm glad I, I checked that because today is April 19. So it's exactly one year since my first episode, and it's episode 36. So I'm very happy about that. So what does that make me, like uh, three episodes per month? Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I wish I didn't take a break here and there, but honestly, I don't want to force it whenever I don't feel like um, sitting down or I don't have the time. And it's usually I don't have the time because I love uh, recording the episodes and and sharing openly whatever's happening in my life and with Claritask. And uh, hopefully if you're working on something similar, or you're hearing this years later. Um, hopefully, it you can see what what goes on in in the maker's life as they try to build something. And uh, one thing that I remember actually is that um, when I started Goodwork, which was my first product that I launched in 2013, um, when we were getting towards the end of it, that it wasn't really you know it was doing good, but it wasn't just keeping our team of, of five. You couldn't you know. Um, the MRR at the time wasn't really good for the rest of the team. Um, I remember having these mild anxiety attacks, and those really scared me back then. And then I knew when I started Claritask, when I wanted to go full on it, I was like, man, that could happen again, you know? So, like, am I willing to take that risk if I get to a spot where it's really, like, it's a struggle and it's hard? Like, will I be able to handle it? And it really did happen. Uh, and then I remembered that, thinking that, you know, that, you know, that might happen. So it did happen. And um, my panic attack, my anxiety, even though I didn't go to therapist yet, I mean, I hope to sometime soon get a therapist where I have to, you know, where I can break down a few things and understand them better. Um, the one thing that was um, interesting about this panic attack, it was it was full blown, like I said before. So it was really new. And it really scared me. But then I, I was talking to a few friends of mine. They explained it to me what really goes on in your body at that time. It's basically hyperventilating and just taking more oxygen than I need to. And then just thinking that, 
I will run out of breath. Um, but yeah, so um, I've been trying to meditate a lot. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work around the house. Uh, just, you know, things that I've left off for years. Um, I have a little shed in the back where, you know, I installed some lights and some other lights inside the house that were missing for about 10 years since we, since we um, uh, got the house. And uh, that really calms me down. Uh, it gives, gives me a peace of mind um, as I'm doing that little um, activity. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really calming. Um, uh, the Scrum feature was really hard where I had to, like, think in, in a couple of different layers and how this change affects other parts of Claritas. So I don't want to mess those up in terms of UX, not just code, just, like, how things change and evolve. I don't want to change Claritas that much for current clients. And there's going to be clients that are not going to be using Scrum at all, if ever. So I want to keep Claritas the way it is for them. But um, uh, there's new users, uh, there are new clients, uh, current clients with new um, updated users, etc. So uh, yeah, things are good. If I look back um, at uh, the past year, even though I had a one-year anniversary for Claritas launch, but if I use this one-year anniversary of bootstrapping SaaS and look back at Claritas, um, I think I mentioned that with the episode with Corey, um, Gwen, where, uh, we talk about, you know, we had that, that talk in August, 2019, and we're talking like, what do we expect to do in six months time? And that's, that would be, would have been February, 2020. And I, if I remember correctly, I had said it's, you know, I want to be at at least $500 MRR and it's not there yet. Uh, I'm at 200, a little bit above, above $250, even though bare metrics doesn't really show it correctly. Like there's few, um, uh, trial periods that turn into a payment and then bare metrics uh, even though it does it correctly like it's not real like really the picture of what's going behind like some things it calculates as expansions some things in do- as downgrades as churn and it's just not those things all the time in Stripe um, even though technically they are but like behind the business like you know a little bit more than what you see on bare metrics so anyway um I'm a little, bo- a little bit above 250 per month, which is not a lot. And this is where actually, um, um, uh, I didn't want to share this. Like, this is very personal, but uh, I had like a big argument with my wife. And um, I know a lot of makers don't share this, like, you know, their relationship with their spouse. And this is not to undermine privacy of my wife or our relationship, but I think it's something that needs to be s- s- talked about a little bit more. Like, not a lot of people do this, and I know why. I mean, it's really tough to share this stuff, but um, SaaS is hard. Uh, SaaS is slow, um, especially when you're targeting enterprise clients and you don't have a sales team and you're like a bootstrapped founder who does everything on your own. And between building features and uh, marketing, you can't really do all of them. And especially with this time in lockdown where you're only working like three to four time, four hours per day, there's really no time to write a blog post or, you know, cold email someone or even though I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, so, you know, because of the, the slowness of growth, um, we had this like huge argument um, about how long it's going to take until, you know, uh, Claritas can support us and and all these things, you know, and uh, that sort of hit me very hard because uh, it's been a very long road. Um, my first product started, I launched in 2013, so it's seven years 
um, this August. Uh, however, I started building stuff and sort of getting away from client work in 2012. And it's just been a long journey. Like I've gotten clients and consultants who work here and there, but it hasn't been that big of a dent in our finances. And, you know, we have goals and things we want to do. And um, that sort of was like the big, and I don't even know how we started talking about that, but, you know, we're driving. Um, it was, I think it was locked down here already. So we had more time to, to spend with one another. Um, and, um, yeah, so it was just hit me very hard. Um, uh, my wife expects, uh, for this thing to go a little bit faster. Um, I'm not making it go any faster. Not that I don't want to. Um, but it's just a lot of things like in between being able to market and sell and build and, um, and maybe just, uh, I don't know, not getting lucky enough, I guess, you know. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, one part of me, um, maybe, I, you know, this is something that I thought the other day. is I, I use my Twitter account for a lot of things. Like, one part is, you know, I mention Clary Task and things I do. Other parts, I, I joke around with people. Um, people are not, not, not even in the industry, not business-related. I, I, you know post gifts, uh, silly stuff, I don't know, like, anything that comes to mind, like, I don't, I don't want to be the strict sort of um, founder that posts, like, stuff related to business only and doesn't reply to anyone that's not related to business, and I appreciate a lot of people that use Claire, uh, use Twitter like that, that's really fine, and I was thinking, like, maybe I should do that too, you know, like, maybe I shouldn't be posting that many things that, I don't know, they don't, uh, relate to Claritask or maybe hurt my product but then again like what am I doing if I'm not doing that like you know if I'm gonna be all strict about it like I'd rather get a job and I don't really have to do any of this stuff you know so what I'm trying to say is uh, I I don't know I mean I want to keep it lightweight the way it is um, hoping for a lucky break um, obsessing with my current clients trying to keep them happy, um, try to grow with new clients, even though I don't know how, um, having features that maybe will, will make a dent. Um, I'm not about building features just for the sake of building it, but if something makes sense to my current clients and something that is really interesting to me as well on how people work, then I'm going to do it. Like, it's not you know, if somebody's asking for Claritas to play movies while they're, as, you know, creating tasks, like, that's going to be a no, obviously. It's just so out there. But if it's something that will make it better in terms of how people work and maybe it'll potentially make a dent in having Claritas generate more um, MRR, then why not? You know, like, I love doing this stuff. Like, I obsess, I obsess with making Claritas easier for project managers to... Um, allocate resources, plan their projects, especially now with Scrum, as well as for their staff to know what they have to do at any given time without wondering, you know, like if they've seen a message in Slack or whatever, like they exactly know because their task is sitting there. Like they can't, they can't avoid it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, but yeah. So like the argument was a lot of things and, uh, you know, I guess you as a maker sort of 
expecting a little bit more um um more understanding uh i don't know like you know but then on the other side like looking at the other person's perspective like your spouses your partner the person you're spending your life with and you have kids with and you sort of understand their their frustration too like you know like how long is this going to take like you know is it better to get a job uh to work it somewhere like you know get a better pay uh at this point i think i'm unemployable you know like um i don't want to work for someone else um if nothing really happens obviously i'm going to do that like that's i'm not looking down on it but i'm looking at this chance like ah it's like so close i, I want to like just give it a little bit more just a tiny little bit more you know like this little last push and then hopefully i'll pick up and then you know blow out to where i want it to be and that's sort of keeping me motivated, even though it's very tough. Um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, like, I have my own perspective. And my sort of ego wants for people to be a little bit more understanding and more supportive around me. And then it sort of, like, hits you hard. And you're like, oh, man, like, this thing is probably going too slow. Like, I really want it to succeed. I believe it will succeed. Um like how, how more like how much more I have to wait how much more I have to you know work on this until it gets to the point where I'm like really making it and I think it was a combination of all those things you know that the virus the world being locked down um being for so long on this journey and just you know I think the system just breaks down and like I can't take this anymore even like you do you know like in sort of my my being like I don't see like I have any sort of, you know, thing that I'm going through, but I don't know what my conscience is doing, like, you know, what they're what it's brewing in there. So it's probably a combination of a lot of things. But yeah, so um yeah, you know, if if you're a maker, you probably know what I'm talking about, especially if like, you know, you're um trying to bring a product to market and um maybe uh the support that you're getting from your partner is not everything you want it to be like you want more um but then on the other side you're like uh you know i have to look at their sort of perspective i have to put my, my myself in their shoes and how they're seeing their you know the situation like especially like in sass you're like it takes forever um one thing that sort of you know makes me puts me at ease it's like all right so i'm on year seven even though i think this is um I don't know if this is a Monte, Monte Carlo um, fallacy. I have to look that up. But, you know, I'm thinking like, um, I'm on year seven. It can't be that far away. You know, it's like, it should be like seven and a half, tops eight years. But then, like, I get scared when I'm like, oh, what if it takes like nine, ten to like break even, even? You know, it's like, uh, I don't get scared. I'm lying. It's just um, demotivating, I guess, in a way. But then again, I, I wake up and like I pick up the computer. I'm looking like, you know, the data, just what I can improve, like support tickets. And it's just like the happiest thing I could possibly do right now. Um, so, yeah, I hope I, I just wish that that sort of happiness was matched with like financial success. So I can I can say here, you know, like I <laughs> am doing this and it's, it's real. It's not taking forever. Yeah, it's, it's just tough. 
but anyway, uh, I wanted to share that bit a bit about my um, my relationship with my wife, and um, you know, hopefully it helps you. Um, I don't know, compare it with your relationship, and then maybe relate or not relate, or give me advice or or whatnot. Um, bum, bum, bum. So yeah, um, I've been doing a lot of work around the house, uh, working on Claire tasks, maybe two three hours a day. Very calm, enjoying it a lot. Um, thinking about marketing, um, what I can do more. I want to read some things and you know do some more marketing, some blogging, longer term sort of things. Cold email, LinkedIn, you know, contacting people through LinkedIn is just not working for me. It's not in my personality. If I had like a co-founder that did that well, like that would be awesome. It's just not me, you know, asking people like, I see people adding me on LinkedIn all the time. It's like, hey Val, uh, how's work going? And they don't know me. And I know where they're going with it. Like, oh, so uh, you work on Claritask. Oh, what about, you know, if could you handle more people on Claritask, more, more, more clients? Well, fuck yeah, I could. Um, okay, so let me show you this 12-step guide that costs 599 <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, it's not going to work, man. Like, cold, cold thing, cold contacting, emailing on LinkedIn, me, it's just not going to work. So... Uh, I'm not going to do that right now. Um, so I'm going to be, I guess, uh, active on LinkedIn and um, just continue with blogging and features and contacting, contact, I can't even pronounce, uh, contacting uh, people that I know, maybe like developers or that, you know, leaders, uh, team leaders. In companies that I know of, maybe like a warmish lead where I can tap in, you know, see if they would give Claritask a try over Jira or Clubhouse or any other Scrum uh, software they're using, and maybe there's something there. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it's my Scrum feature will pick up with dev teams, and you know, I'll blow out from there. <laughs> That's my my hopeful thinking. Um. So yeah, uh, what else am I doing? Um, I, I've been watching a lot of uh, YouTube uh, bushcraft sort of things on YouTube, and I've been doing, trying to do, uh, dabbling with it around the house. Um, there's this guy that, uh, if you're into like outdoor stuff, which I am a lot, and I want to do that more and more, especially as my kid grows a little bit, you know, bigger. Like I want to take him out. There's this guy on um, on YouTube. His name is Bertram. Um, he's a pretty cool dude like he's very calm and he goes out in the woods and does stuff and eats and pitches his tent and he just very very calming uh, you know as he does his stuff so um, yeah um, check it out uh, if you like that stuff and also I've been um, I've been trying to get myself into watching like um, TV shows like Netflix shows and I can't really uh, stand it especially like the most recent so like I started watching Ozark and like every character in the film, like their choices, their life choices couldn't be any worse. And I don't really want to put that in my head. Um, I'm not judging anyone, anyone who watches that, but um, I want to watch something like Rocky. I know like this sounds silly, but I want to watch somebody triumph like repeatedly or, or through hard work or, or whatever, through luck. I want people come up on top at the end. And maybe it just has to do with me at this point in my life where I'm really trying to make it at something and I can't really handle something that 
um, you know, it's like they're struggling. Like here I am struggling, watching someone struggle, like, you know, and they're not getting anywhere. <laughs> like, why do I need to watch that? And also, like, it's very depressing. Ozark was. So stop watching that. Um, and watching a lot of stand-up comedies, like, that's really cool. One cool dude that you guys uh, should watch, I really like, I, I, I'm sure you'll like it. His name is Dwayne Perkins. Uh, Dwayne Perkins, that's right. And uh, the best place to catch him is on Dry Bar Comedy on YouTube. And he has this whole bit. It's about 47 minutes long, 47.26. It's the first one that comes up on, on uh, YouTube if you search for his name, or maybe it's coming up on, on my YouTube because I watched that, that bit. It's a pretty cool guy. Uh, so yeah, doing a lot, a lot. And that is the episode. And thank you so much for listening this past year. I hope to keep up every week, uh, especially once we come back to normal, quote unquote, uh but during this time i will try to be as um you know if i if i can record and have material to share then i will do it but otherwise i have to wait like someday that i can you know sneak out or as was the case tonight where i'm the only one awake at this early hour well it, right now it's not early anymore but i've been i've been the only one since 10 p.m. which usually is very very early especially my wife is up my so my kids one 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 of the kids probably like just trying to go to sleep, um, and uh, yeah, we're going out pretty late sometimes because it's, it's almost like a summer break. I don't know, it feels weird, but hopefully you're very safe, your family's safe. I hope I hope you're like very calm, and trying to manage your mental health through this difficult time, uh, not just financially but just emotionally. It's like draining. Um, the one thing that drains me the most is like. The future of the world, uh, if I can say that, it's like I don't know where things are going, and that sort of scares me. But I can't really worry about that because if I do worry, like that's not gonna fix anything. On the other hand, there's nothing I can do to fix anything. So I'm just gonna take one day at a time, do some work around the house, work on clear tasks, share some bits, write maybe a blog or post here and there, share some silly, silly gifts on on Twitter, and um, yeah. Um, but that's the episode. And thanks so much, and, and I'll talk to you next time.